We're sitting at home, getting our coffee on the coffee pot. They are already in here practicing, so um, it's a big sacrifice. So huge thank you to the team, everybody involved, even uh, the, the uh, gentlemen in our sound booth. They're here with the worship team so they can hear themselves play, so it's a good, it's a good thing. Appreciate you. Appreciate your volunteering. So it is good to have everybody here this morning. Is everybody excited? It's 2019? Yeah? It's good to be here. First, uh, is this the first Sunday? Of the new year? Yeah? Pastor Adam's got a new series this morning, right? Yeah? I think he's, I think he's stoked. I think he's ready. Um, but we're a community of believers that exists to welcome home people to God, his family, and his plan. So you picked a very, very good Sunday to be here this morning. It's the start of a new series. So hang out with us these next few weeks, and I'm sure you're going to learn something new about God that you've never uh, learned before. So uh, just to let you all know, because it is the new year, we need everybody, everybody, everybody to grab one of those orange connect cards on the back of the pew in front of you. This is even if you think we already have your information. Why? One reason is, yes, it's the new year, but also uh, we're getting ready to get, get out the monthly giving statement. So those come out via mail. So please, 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 we should see a stack of connect cards um, towards the back. So that's if you've even been here from the start. Please, please, please grab one. Fill it out. I know it may, may take a little bit more time for you this morning, but please do that so we can make sure we get those out to you, okay? Uh, tomorrow night, we have a very special uh, kickoff event for our women's ministry. Are there any women in the house this morning? Woo! <laughs> hey, I'm are just, you going? I'm just being enthusiastic uh, okay. about okay. it. Okay, ladies, Gabe's uh, picking up your slack here. Are, are there any ladies in here this morning? Yeah, all right. So our women's ministry kickoff event is tomorrow at Linda Donnell's house. Linda, can you wave your hand? That's Linda back there. That lady back there, yeah. If you want or need any more information, please see her. That's going to kick off tomorrow at her place at 7 p.m. So go to her if you need any directions or any more info. Cool. So good morning, church. Um, coming up as well, next week we have popcorn with Pasta Adams. So that'll be going on next week. Um, also, men, if you're excited about food as much as I am, there's a men's breakfast coming up on January 12th from 9 to 10 a.m. is what my announcements tell me. So. Are there any men in the house this morning? Woo! Are there any men that like to eat? Yeah. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Also, <laughs> if you're a guy as well and you enjoy cars, we have the Detroit Auto Show coming up on January 25th. There will be more details to follow. I do believe, Pastor Adam, you're leading that. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So if you have any questions at all, definitely you can see Facebook for details, but also Pastor Adam will be coordinating some more things to follow. That will be January 25th for the Detroit Auto Show. Also, leadership training home groups on January 16th and every other Wednesday at Pastor Adam and Danielle's house. That'll be at 6.30 to 8 p.m., just bring yourself, but it will be on January 16th at Pastor Adam and Danielle's house. Awesome, awesome. So lots of great opportunities for you to get involved uh, starting tomorrow night to kind of kick off our January uh, with our women's ministry. And then, guys, we're doing a, a couple of things as well this month. So great, great opportunity for you to get involved, um, meet some new faces, learn some new names, uh, make some friendships. Uh, we are the church, right? So we should, we should uh, definitely take advantage of that. And as always, you will not see an offering plate being passed around here this morning. 
we believe that giving is a part of a growing relationship with Jesus. You can do that either via the red box back there on your way out. You can give online or we're super tech savvy. You can text uh, and give uh, your amount. So we appreciate your giving, your tithes, and your offerings. Can we pray this morning, church? We pray with boldness, pray with confidence. Jesus, we are just uh, so honored to be in this place this morning. God, we realize that you are too big and you are too awesome and too immense for us to even fathom. But God, you, you draw us uh, by your voice and you draw us by your loving kindness. I thank you, God, that you continue to provide for this place, God, uh, via our, our giving and, and our tithes and our offerings. I pray that you would continue to use it uh, for your glory, that it would continue to advance uh, the vision of, of this place. God, we thank you for the word this morning. Jesus, we know it never returns void, that it always uh, goes out and it always brings forth uh, life and life more abundantly. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good, good, good morning. Thanks, Andrew and Gabe. How's everybody doing? Happy New Year. Good to be here. I uh, wanted to uh, announce something that uh, has been kind of in the works and we've had to wait to make it official because it affects another church. Uh, so this morning, C3 is announcing that their last children's pastor that served previously is leaving their church to come serve here at the family church. And so we have Laura Adam coming on the 20th. Uh, you're going to meet her and her husband and, and daughter and uh, they're just fantastic people. Uh, Laura is a licensed pastor with the Assemblies of God, so she is Pastor Laura, and uh, Laura to your kids, and, and so we're going to be excited to have her, and uh, so just another way that, uh, that C3 is supporting us, and, and um, she had served previously, previously there as their kids' pastor. They run about 200 kids on a Sunday morning, and uh, about 100 and some people in their volunteer chain and stuff, and so she was a big reason for developing that there. And lately, she's been serving as their family care pastor, and so we are so excited to have them. You're going to get to hear from her, and uh, we're going to pray over them in a couple weeks. So is God good? He's meeting the need here at Family Church. And just so you know, it's not an accident that the very next, basically, uh, major investment we're making as a staff, uh, on staff here, is, is for our kids. And so what happens up here, it's just as important what happens downstairs. And actually, I would argue even more important. And so she's going to share some things with you. Um, I know that I'm up here personally today because of people, not just my parents, but a, a church community teaching me about Jesus at a young age. And so it's important that we just surround our kids with love and lead them into a relationship with Jesus. And so uh, the future pastors and church planners and moms and dads and, and leaders in our communities and, and workers are downstairs right now, and we want them to be full of Jesus, right? And the power of the Holy Spirit. So big announcement, Laura Adam, you'll get to meet her in two weeks. We are so excited about that. Um, last week, we celebrated 2018. Um, I can't believe we've been here a year. Uh, it's, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, the difference in our building, the grounds, the parking lot, uh, the difference in faces in here. Um, it's, just, it's just been an amazing year. And so um, if you joined us in 2018, raise your hand. That's a lot of you. That's worth celebrating, right, guys? My gosh, that's good. That's so good. 
And, uh, and so, you know, we just kept plowing that ground, and then, and then God just blessed us with this building, and we just, we're going to keep working on it as, as he provides the funds. We've got some big projects. We've got a big vision for what he wants to use this place and us for. And so we are determined to be on track for 2019. That's where we uh, basically took a pause in that gap period at the end of the year that is just kind of a strange time. We were super blessed to have our West Coast family in, uh, in town for two and a half weeks. The, the 20 pounds of cuteness uh, got on the plane Saturday morning. No, they did not check him in or put him in the, in the uh, overhead compartments. Uh, and uh, he's, he's quite the block of, of, of uh, sweetness. And um, they left, and so we had this kind of just this extended family time of, of I took time off my other job and, and we just kind of just spent time together it was so good but part of that gap part of that season at the end of the year you you, you get all ramped up for Christmas we're kind of have an eye on the next year like man I gotta I gotta remember that when I'm writing checks like the five checks I'll write this year and and now that we use you know online stuff for everything but 2019 are we are we crazy? Like, this is for real. Like, my, my next kid graduates in 2020. I mean, this strange. I, just every year is, is just, just keeps coming. But it's so important that we're on track, and so we're going to use these set of verses for this next series called Reboot. I want to read you again, 1 Corinthians 9, <coughs> excuse me, 24 through 27. And so when you're in that period at the end of the year, you're kind of doing a... I don't know, for me, it's a little bit of a downer. You, you have this kind of gap, and you're kind of a little anxious for what the next year's bringing. Maybe there's some things you're excited about. Maybe there's some things that you definitely want to be different in the new year. Maybe you're running away from 2018. Like, I got to get out of this year now, and, and 2019 better be better because I can't, I can't do another one of those. And that might be your case. But part of it is, is just God... I, I just want to make sure that I'm on course. I want to make sure my life's counting for something. First uh, Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. The author of those words, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was the Apostle Paul. And, and even the Apostle Paul, planning churches, having a uh, personal encounter with, with God, and, and having all the training, all of the theological education that was available in that day, the Apostle Paul takes that phrase that I want to make sure that I'm not disqualified. And we could look at that in two ways, and I think we should look at it the second. The first is this, is, oh my gosh, if he's got to worry about it, then I don't have a chance. And I can feel like that. It's like, oh my gosh. But that's really not the right way to look at it. The, the right way to look at it is we all stand before Jesus needing him daily. And that's what communion, that's why it's so important. That's why Jesus says, do this. You, you've got to remember that I'm your life. I'm your source. You, are, you need to be found in me. 
This, this needs to be a regular thing. And, and so we're moving forward into this year with a series called Reboot. And I buy Apple products not because I think they make me cooler, although they do. You want to have your little apple glowing when you're sitting at a Starbucks or something. You're, you can look down on, you know, everybody else. And My MacBook's like 10 years old now, so I'm way not cool. I'm just glad it turns on and it has to stay plugged in or the battery dies in like 22 minutes. I've timed it. It'll be full and I'll be like, okay, I got, I got a chance here. Next thing you know, it's like... Rah. But even with Apple products, there are times during the month where I will have all of Danielle's songs, she'll have all of mine, I'll have Hope's photos, and, you know, we just get all our stuff mixed up. We can't even handle Apple, and they have made it so idiot-proof that you just have to plug stuff in and they talk to each other. And then I get the little beach ball of death, the pinwheel of death, the little red, yellow, and, and just spinning, laughing at you, saying, you fool. And then when all else fails, what do you do? Hold down that power button. I say, take that. <laughs> take that, Steve Jobs. You think that's cool? I get real frustrated. Like I, and and my, my parents have to have me and my brother program things at the house. And, and, and now I'm giving stuff to my son because I'm quickly losing touch with what's coming out. So now I tell my parents, just wait till Ben's over. You want the 14-year-old, I promise you. He's way better at tech support. Because all I know how to do is reboot. And then there's this great statement of restore to factory settings. When all else fails. And really, that should be what we do as believers. That's, that's why we go to the Word. That's why uh, us guys that are afraid of instruction manuals, this is one that we should never be ashamed to open. Because the factory settings are in here, and we're going to operate best under these conditions. And He knows it. And so the new year is a great time to restore to factory settings. And so that's what we're going to look at this month. We're going to talk about finances, all the ugly stuff, health, uh, relationships. And, and we have these things that we all come into the new year, and you may not be a resolution person. All right, real quick, raise your hand if you made a resolution for this year. Are you a resolution type? Of, go ahead and raise it up. I think, I think goals are great. Okay, I see a few. How many of you have made one, but you already broke it? That's me. I, I wanted to eat better, and then we were out yesterday, and we were out too long, and, and I'm like, I, I'm going to eat something. i got to eat something now. And so McDonald's, there's McDonald's. I was, I was ready. Like, the kids got back on the plane. You know, I'm going to finally stop, you know, eating 10 pounds of grease and fried stuff every day. I made all of their favorite stuff, and, and I'm like, okay, new, new, new year, new me, into McDonald's I go. It's good to set those things. It's good to have goals. But what, I, what we really want to look at in this series reboot is what's our motivation for those goals. Some things are just good on the surface. Okay, I want my finances to be better. Hopefully you're in less debt at the end of the year than you were at the uh, beginning of the year. That'd be great. Now sometimes you have to for a good purpose, right? Uh, hopefully you're healthier at the end of the year than you were at the beginning of the year. 
um, those are things that we like. And, and so, uh, you know, choosing to lose weight, eat, eat healthier, uh, whatever, uh, walk, you know, a, a few extra miles a week, or those are good just on the surface, and they just kind of have a general goodness to them. But where I see God really wanting us as people is He wants us to be rivers instead of lakes, and He wants us to be wells instead of cisterns. What do I mean? A goal is not good enough for me if it's just for me. That, that's, God has a better purpose for me. Sure, it'd be great if I was healthier. Sure, it'd be great if I had a few more dollars in my bank account. Sure, it'd be better if I, if I yelled at the dog a little less this year or, or, or yelled at the Buckeyes a little less this year or, or whatever else. Sure, there's good things in there just for me. But I wasn't put on this planet for me. And so we've got to be careful with our goals that it's not just me building up me. And, and the world is really good at that. It, the, the world is all pro you, right? You've got you to take care of you. You've got to treat yourself, to quote Parks and Rec. Five of you got that. Thank you. I'll throw the pop culture references out there until I hit everybody. And so, but if we're not careful, that self-help is really just for self. Well, I think most of us in this room get that. I think uh, there's lots of parents in the room. There's lots of co-workers in the room. There are lots of people in this room that do things on a regular basis for other people. And I think that's really good. I think that's, our, our lives are fuller if we're, if we're living for others. And so I live partially for my family. I live partially for this church. And that makes my world bigger, right? But here's the thing. There's more to it than that because even the world has that figured out. The world, each, everybody, you know, hopefully uh, as, as people, especially as they line their pockets, like every NFL person, every, uh, every country singer, they all have their little charities that they've, that they've uh, supported. And these are all great things, right? There's a lot of people in the world that have figured it out that their world's a bigger and better place if they live for other people. But God wants His people to take a step even beyond that. He wants us to live for others to glorify Him. Let me read you Colossians 1.27. That's our, that 1 Corinthians is our, is our theme for the month. Uh, for, uh, Colossians is for today. Colossians 1.27 says this, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. That be us. Gentiles is anybody that's not Jewish. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. And a, and a common translation of that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're not just do-gooders. So many times, the church just becomes one more lane of, of how you choose to live for other people, and we just get lumped into just charity, which is good stuff, right? 
But if we're not careful at the church, we can stop at just social justice. We can stop at just feeding the homeless. We can, and those are great, great things. And, and our churches, we're going to be sending out people and resources to do those things. But if we're not careful, we become just another charity. Right? Are we just another charity? No. Because there's something that happens deeper than just putting food into somebody's stomach. There's something deeper than just turning the water on in a, in a village that's never had running water. There's something deeper than just me helping somebody get a GED that has uh, dropped out of school before. There's something bigger than that. The church's arms should reach out as Jesus' arms, but there should lead to something deeper happening. There should be something that happens in the heart, and Paul calls this a mystery. He uses the word mystery all through his writings. And he said, this is the mystery. It's solved. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. So we live for others for the glory of God. And so that changes things because so many times people are okay with, okay, that's how you do good. I'm going to do good this way. What separates us? What separates us is that there's a relationship, there's something happening eternally on the inside of us. Let's keep going here. So our world gets bigger as we move out of the center. That happens for anybody that makes room in their heart for somebody else. Most of us, I would probably say all of us in this room are not an island unto ourselves. The fact that you're here today, you are in some form of community. You are not... Uh, you're not cast away sitting out on an island waiting for somebody to rescue you, right? You're, you're connected to people. You are sharing your life with people. And although those people may aggravate you and they will cause you some extra grief, don't we all know that our lives are richer because of the people connected to us? Now, sometimes those people are just writing checks out of that relationship and they're not adding anything back. And so those are seasons uh, sometimes, and, and, and you've got to keep loving those people. But I stand you today, I think of uh, uh, Burl's one of Burl's favorite movies. I know it's his favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And how is George toasted at the end of the movie? To my brother, the richest man, right? He's referred to as the richest man in the city, even though good old Potter's got the bankroll but what does George have the friends the family the relationships he's pushing for everybody and everybody's pushing for him right that's it that's the last Christmas reference for a while till next year and then and then I will get our Clark Griswold back on around here but seriously I stand up in front of you today I feel so blessed. I was talking to my aunt's here from Michigan today, so so cool. You got to meet Aunt Linda today. She was telling me today how blessed she feels in her life. She has put Jesus at the center of her life, and she's watched him pull back the darkness, pull back the clouds, and she sees herself in her house, in her car, seeing her family, seeing her friends. She's like, I, I feel blessed. 
I stand up in front of you today knowing that all of the good things in my life are because of the relationships that God has placed in my life. I'm rich because of it. And, and like, I roll change, not count stacks of money. Like, you know, I, I don't, that's not how I roll. I roll, the, I roll the, the poor way, you know. This is how we roll. We roll our change and, and, and take that extra hundred bucks in at Christmas time. It's what we do all year. It's great. But I'm wealthy today because of, of these relationships. I've pulled myself from the center of my world, and as we pull ourselves from the center of our world, our world gets bigger. How many of you have somebody in your life, you don't need to elbow the person next to them, let the Holy Spirit do, their, do His job. We all know people that are the center of their world. Are these fun people to be in conversation with? No. It's exhausting. Why? Their world's so small. And, and you're not even in it. You're just, you're just, a, a, you're just a, a satellite that's in, in for the moment. And they're just, they're just glad to kind of share themselves with you. And, and it's not always bragging. Sometimes these are, sometimes these are really hurting people. But they, they're so broken that they don't see beyond themselves yet. And these are people that we have to love. We, we've got we've to show them Jesus because when that light bulb flips on, and you step away from the center of your life and you allow other people to fill it, your world gets bigger. But who is at the center? There's a song that came in and out just about a year or so ago. I don't even think we've, I don't think we've sung it in this building. Um, some songs just are, you know, they come in like popcorn. They're in and they're out. Uh, Jesus at the center or something like that. We were singing that a couple years ago. Jesus at the center of our life. Jesus, this kind of real kind of droney, so we kind of moved on from it. But great words. Great words. But just, yeah. I'm like, good, good father. You can only, can only be good so many times. Uh, some songs are just too repetitive. The musicians are agreeing with me. Some of you, that's your favorite song, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but Jesus at the center. Who's at the center? Because for me, it's got to be more than my kids. I love my kids. Now our family's even bigger, and I, and I said this about love. It's like you, you don't run out of love. You can always add one more. Lily married Jaime. I love Jaime. He's awesome. Have a cute grandbaby. Oh, yeah, lots of love. I didn't run out of love for anybody else. But those jokers got on a plane and deserted me again. <laughs> I can't have them at the center of my life, right? And we all go through uh, difficulty with this. Guys who, who have worked, you know, at the same place for 30 years, they retire. Some of them freak out. And you can't buy enough fast cars to, to, to find your identity. You know, you've, you've put something at the center and you don't know what to do without it. Moms, when they have the, you know, the empty nest thing is real. It's like, what do we do? A party is what we do. We got extra money now is what we do. I remember, I remember Ben saying, why, why do I just see older guys driving Corvettes? No offense to those of you who have Corvettes. I love it. I said, because they don't have you at home. <laughs> Believe me, the Corvette will be in the driveway someday. I hope so. But I, they can't be at the center. Danielle, my beautiful wife, she can be close. But she can't be the center of my universe. She can't be. 
a trap a lot of pastors fall into. This church can't be the center of my life. I will let you down in the biggest of ways if I put you all at the center of my heart. There has to be more. Paul talks about this mystery. He's saying there's more than being a good person, and he knew what he was talking about. He rattles off his credentials in one of his, uh, one of his letters where he's just kind of chopping somebody down who was, who was causing trouble in the church. He said, listen, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I have, I have more education than, than anybody else you're going to probably come into contact with. I have walked the walk. I have kept my faith. I have monitored my life to keep it on this straight and narrow path as far as I've understood it. He had a personal encounter with Jesus. And it's even believed that he, he preached right away after that encounter, after he received his sight back. He had this miraculous conversion where Jesus called him to, to basically spread the church everywhere. But it's believed that he went away for a time and literally just spent extended time with him and Jesus, and then he comes back and then just blows the world up for Christ. And he says this. He says, there's more than being a good person. He said, I had everything dialed in, and that one moment with Jesus did more for my soul than all of the years prior combined. He said the mystery is solved. It's Christ in me that is the hope of glory. It's not all of the training. I'm thankful for it. It's good that I went to Bible college. It's good that, that I've trained under, under pastors. It's good that I you know, read books and that aren't just you know, full of pictures. You know? it's, it's good. It's good to grow. It's good to learn. But I can tell you all today that my moments where I feel the power of heaven just connect with my soul, those are worth so much more to my walk and my maturity with the Lord than anything I've read out of a book. Right? Now, I believe there's... there's there's a reason why we teach, but then you need to have those moments. And, and you need to have Christ inside of you. It's this mystery. He says there are glorious riches in this. Well, we were just talking about glorious riches, weren't we? We were talking about being the richest man in town, even though you may not have very much money in the bank. Paul is saying that there are glorious riches on the other side of Christ impacting your life. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a testament to that. All hope for real glory in your life and my life will come as a result of Christ in us. Is that awesome? Because if I... Paul talks about that running to win a prize. As we start 2019, what's the prize? 
If the prize is just a different number on the scale, if the prize is just a different number in a bank account, if the prize is just a different job, if the prize is just a different car, if the prize is just a, a, a nicer vacation, if the prize is just a few more days off, I love all those things, by the way. Do you see how limited that is? Because how does the last day of vacation feel? Usually you're more tired than when you went on vacation. But it's like, ah, dang, I could use, you know, I've come into port every time and said, I could get on that boat leaving again. I really could. Like, that would be just fantastic. One of these days, when the kids are gone again, probably, wouldn't that be awesome just to get back from a trip and be like, you know what, let's do that again. <laughs> and just say, keep the bags on. And we're going to go to the other half of the Caribbean this week, you know, just to, just to, that'd be great. Because all of those things end, they're wonderful. I had this two and a half weeks, like I said, with, with our family, just all being together. And then we're back to just seeing them through the phone. Thank goodness we can do that. But all of a sudden it's different. Now I just made everybody sad, I'm sorry. I finished this message after they got on the plane, so you guys are in big trouble. Like, I, I had to make sure that this, like, there's some happiness here. There has to be more. And the mystery that Paul's talking about is that there is more. And that's the good news for 2019. I'm not just... Sure, I, I'd like to have a different number on the scale. Sure, I'd like to have a different number in the bank account. Sure, I'd like to have this project done on the house. Sure, I'd like to make sure I get on more dates with my wife this year and, and that I get to do some cool stuff with my kids. And, and, and man, that we're going to do some awesome stuff as a church this year. I am excited for those things and those different things, and they're good things. But that can't be the prize that I'm running for. I want to run for the glory of God. Well, that changes things. That changes everything. Because this is, this is how, this is how it, it, it changes things. So I'm a dad. So, so when you have the three kids, well, well, if Jesus is at the center of my life, what's that, what's that do for the kids? Does that mean I, I check out and I just, you know, go to Zimbabwe for a few months and, you know, harvest something and help people like does do i have to does putting jesus at the center displace the people that he's called me to no it means that i parent for the glory of god that's different that's real different than just wanting to be a good dad well i want to have a good marriage for the glory of god that's different isn't it I want to, uh, I want to do my job, and, and I want to grow as a as a um, as a as a business person in my field for the glory of God. I do things to work on being a better leader, a better preacher, a better pastor. But if it's just for, if it's just for me, or even if it's just for you. But if I want to do those things for the glory of God, 
That's why I appreciate when somebody genuinely on the, on the, on the football field or whatever, the, the example that always pops in my mind, he, he just took endless ridicule for it, was Tim Tebow. And they, he, he was genuine about who he wanted the glory to go to. And they have tried to find dirt on that poor guy all the way since. And guess what he keeps doing? He just keeps loving Jesus and saying, God gets the glory for anything, whether I'm playing triple-A ball or whether I'm winning a Heisman Trophy. Those are, that's what, when Christ is at the center, when Christ is the prize, when His glory is what you're running for, then it doesn't, whatever comes your way is okay. God, I want you to be at the center of 2019. A couple questions for us today. Is Christ at the center of everything we do? And I just shared how. It's not about abandoning hobbies or passions. It's certainly not about abandoning your family. It's not about stopping, uh, not going to work so you can just, you know, find stuff to do here at the church all day, even though we appreciate, you know, volunteering. That's not it. It's about putting Christ at the center of your work. It's about putting Christ at the center of your marriage. It's about putting Christ at the center of your education. When I hear Christians and they have all their goals for their life and I don't hear the glory of God being the prize, it, I, I get concerned. What's the degree? Who's the degree really for? Right? Well, sure, there's things we want to do. I believe God gives us passions. I believe He gives us things that, that need education or, or things that need time at different jobs or things that need different training. Absolutely. But if it's just for you, if it's just for your family, if it's just for your eventual retirement, we have shrunken the scope of what we can live for. We have narrowed our world. And, and it's, I just don't want to have a bigger world. I love having the relationships I want Christ to be at the center so that that world glorifies Him. Is Christ at the center of everything that we do? Question number two, what are the things that are taking the place of God in our lives? Most of us and all of us in this room, I doubt that there is an idol set up in a little room somewhere in your house. If you've come out of certain uh, ethnic backgrounds, that, that could be a part of your past. But that's not usually something that, that, that we'll, we deal with in our regular culture around here. But I can put my kids ahead of God. I can put this church ahead of God. I can put my wife ahead of God. I can put my desire for things ahead of God. That's what uh, idolatry is just simply putting anything in front of Christ. And so that's a question for us. Where, where are the things that, and it's not necessarily even about getting rid of something, it, it's, it's changing the prize behind it. Reboot. Restore to factory settings. We have this encouragement this month, and, and we're all wired for it. That's what all the commercials are for. It's what all the news bits are for. Uh, it's, it's, it's all about New Year, New You, Right? That's all the marketing drives that way. We've gone from every toy commercial now to every possible uh, food and exercise and, and cruise ship commercials, right? That's, that's what comes in this time of year. It's like, oh, yeah. 
the only real way for there to be a new me is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because the Bible says that I become a new creation when I make room for Jesus in my heart. And when I continue to make room for Jesus in my heart. It is not a one and done. I, I don't believe we have to necessarily worry about our salvation, but we can neglect our relationship with Christ like any other relationship. But guess what we can also do? We can also make that relationship better like every other relationship by making room for it. So our two questions today, is Christ at the center? What are those things that are keeping it? Uh, there's a great quote that says, the only ability God requires is availability. This is something I think we can resolve to as a church for 2019. And I hope you're with me. Are you willing to be more available to God this year? Are you willing to be more available to God this year? Can we pray today? With our heads bowed this morning, I love this reset time of year. I, it's a challenging one because some things, some things are hard, especially when you might realize that your health is, is more concerning to you this time than a year ago. Maybe the 20 pounds you took off last January is back with a few extra buddies. In those moments, we can feel like a failure. Um, we can feel like there's not a reason to try to do something different. And as I shared last week, a great quote that says, if we aim for nothing, we'll hit it every time. But if we shoot for the moon, we'll at least land in the stars. God wants you to reboot. He wants you to reset. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to look at this instruction manual and know that it's possible because of Christ in you. Paul is teaching us today that all of the years of theology were great, but an encounter with the living God blows it all away. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never placed Jesus at the center of who you are, it's a big deal. We don't take this lightly, but it's what we, it's what we exist for. We, we exist to bring people home to God. If you've never placed Jesus at the center of your life and you want to today, you're ready to cross that line of faith, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. How about this one? Are you willing to be more available to God in 2019? Raise your hands with me this morning. All around the room I see them. Are you willing to put Jesus more at the center of all of the things in your life? Hallelujah. This is something we can resolve to do because it's something that Christ will see through in us.
Father God, I thank you for these hands. God, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for 2019. God, I thank you that our prize isn't just a few less pounds. I thank you that our prize isn't just a few more dollars. God, I thank you that our prize isn't just a few more days off. God, I, God, I thank you that it's just not a few more dates. God, I thank you that there's something bigger at stake. God, I thank you, God, that you want to change our hearts. And God, I thank you that as we push you to the center and make room for you in our lives, God, I thank you that you will be glorified through our lives. And God, I thank you that real glory is on the other side of every time we make more room for you. So God, help us. Help Family Church. Help Adam. Help Danielle. Help every person in this room, God, keep you at the center so that you would receive glory this year. That's the prize we're running for, God. We're not running aimlessly. We're not shadow boxing, God. We are here in 2019 for the purpose of bringing you glory. And we thank you, God, that you'll help us see that through. You're going to receive more glory this year through this group of people than the year before. And I absolutely 100% believe that. God, we worship you today. Lead us into this year. We place you at the center. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close with uh, worship this morning, we have prayer teams that will be available for you. If you've made a decision or you want us to know about something going on in your life, there's an all-in card that's in front of you. We also get prayer cards regularly, prayer requests, praise reports. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you and walk together. Can we stand and worship this morning? Oh, 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 oh,
Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you for that breath, God. It's how all of humanity began, Father. It says you formed us and then you breathed into us. It's our life, God. God, you called us to be rivers. You want, the, you want that life to flow through us out to other people. You want us to be wells, God. You want us to just share that source, that life with the world around us. Some of you have come into 2019 banged up. Some of you have come into 2019 doubtful, fearful, afraid, skeptical. Some of you may have some hope. Some of you have come in joyful. You're excited about some things this year. Father God, I thank you that we can place 2019 firmly in your hands. God, we look forward to you this year, regardless of anything else. We place you at the center of 2019. Lead us, your people, this year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.